0: Welcome to Lost Cast, episode 159. I'm Matt Hackett. And I'm Jeff Blair. Art January is over. Today's February 2nd. It's Groundhog Day. And regular January is also over. <laughs> <laughs> don't you love Groundhog Day? I'm
1: I talking do. Talking about the
0: movie, not the date on the calendar. I have no particular opinion on February 2nd itself, but I really love the Groundhog Day movie with Bill Murray.
1: You don't love Puxatani Phil and Gobbler's <laughs> Knob? oh that's
0: not a weird name yes. it sounds as uh as questionable as a wizard's lizard like what are you guys getting at here it is this does some kind of innuendo or something uh maybe it is no
1: one will ever know maybe so, it's like the braid uh or not the braid braid <laughs> <laughs> i was like thinking about the witness and braid together the braid Ooh. Yes. The witness
0: did come out i haven't played it yet though
1: you played it? I have not, although I've, I've read a little bit about it because I'm sort of interested. But that's yeah. a tangent for another point in this episode. We're not even a minute in, or something, <laughs> and we already have tangent number one. Anyways, our jamiri was pretty cool. We had uh, a bunch of neat entries, so thank you for participating. Yep. um, it's all in good fun, so I hope everybody enjoyed it and yes. uh, drew some stuff. We've got Vox,
0: Variable Y, Elite, Ifman, Aaron McLeod, and Brazil Josh.
1: Brazil Josh.
0: Always, always yes. mess up Joe's way. I hope that's, hope that's correct. But uh, yeah, so many entrants, uh, entries, good stuff, lots of fun. And I think what I'm going to do is just give everybody who entered uh, Steam Keys. And then there was a three-way tie. We we just were like, you know, let's just use the forum for upvoting because, you know, you can upvote, you can favorite. Like, there's different ways to go about it. I guess we could have made a Twitter poll. Like, I don't know, man. But uh, we went with upvotes, and there's a tie for first place. So uh, I'm just going to make some art for everybody who, who wants it because that was the, you know... <laughs> Major prize, I guess, is here's some crap from me.
1: Art for all. I was thinking about um, giving everybody that entered a special forum badge. I'm into forum badges recently. Mm. I feel like you can't have too many because then people can choose (laughs) to show which ones they want and stuff. It's kind of cool. It's like collecting uh, achievements, sort of. It is kind of. So I might uh, go in and give everybody an Art Jammer badge. I would
0: say that you can have too many because they stack horizontally. (laughs) So, I'm actually curious what would happen if you had, like, you know, 50, and they just, like, shoot
1: your text all the way off the page in typical CSS style, you know? You can't. I think you can only display one. Oh, really? Yeah, you can only display one. So, you get to choose. It's kind of like, you know, on Steam, you can have a whole ton of Steam badges, but you can only display one on your profile. Like, okay, I decide to display, you know, Steamworks developer. Gotcha. Well, I'm wrong. Then you cannot have too many. Matt, Wait. wrong? That's
0: <laughs> <ridiculous>. Me? <laughs> How dare you? Yes. So uh, we also have a question on the forum that we're going to cover, and that is from Aaron McLeod again. So thanks a lot for the question. And uh, where, is, where, where is it? Here we go. So uh, this came from a tweet. I I don't know, man. Sometimes I'm really hot on Twitter, and sometimes I'm very cold on Twitter. It probably has to do with, like, I don't know, mood and, like, the responses you get
1: sometimes. Wait. Matt, hot and cold on any subject. Hot and cold on anything. What? <laughs> Again, I am <have> shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Rubber banding my emotions—that's
0: not possible. No, we were it's, talking about that just before the cast. Actually, How, some days you're up, some days you're down, that kind of thing. It's impossible. That's impossible. Yes. And uh, yeah, I was kind of into Twitter recently, and I was—I uh, found some notes from one of our various meetings. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, and uh, you can check that out if you'd like. But it's really stupid. And it's in it's an all caps to give you an example. Way to sell it. You can check it out if you want, but it's really
1: stupid. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, the question basically boils down to how do you communicate and conduct business?
1: I guess is the question. I feel like uh, this was actually a topic that we had discussed at length uh, on a podcast, which someone's electricity destroyed. Oh, was that the one? I think it was the one. Yeah, because we were talking about um we're talking about process and tools and communication. It yeah. Was a, it was a larger conversation really than like uh maybe it wasn't. But anyways, yeah, that was kind of the gist of what we were talking about. And then I remember
0: we were talking about Handmade Hero and then there was a handmade con. And John Blow was there, who we mentioned earlier because of Braid and the Witness kind of and uh he had some really interesting points about communication. I think His points were particularly interesting, not just because he's such a prolific developer, but also because he's kind of equally known as a developer and a game designer in tandem. You know, most people kind of kind of get pigeonholed into one or the other, even if they may wear multiple hats. But uh, like Jonathan Blow, he did both on Braid and both are impressive and spectacular, you know. And so he's a person who's also very opinionated and uh, hearing his opinion about communication and why you want small teams and how to have good communication, that kind of stuff. Uh, Really interesting. I will probably be able to find a link to the video uh, where he was talking about this
1: stuff. I like uh, Jonathan Blow, except for when he trashes JavaScript on Twitter, which is often. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you argue with everything, though? Some things, I'm sure. Some things. But some things, (laughs) some other things, you can't really argue with that much. No, but I mean you could make you could make the argument against almost any game development platform. And, you know, yeah. you can if you pick instances where any game development platform is at its weakest, then, you know, obviously like you'll have ammunition.
0: Oh, uh on that note actually, something like, you know, we talk about how um, you know, a game maker sounds really attractive sometimes because it's all UI, you can move really fast. There's an entire company that's there just to support you and and make you know enable you to make better games, right? But you know what I was doing the other day? I was playing Nuclear Throne and apparently it does not have mouse lock because I was sitting here playing and like, whoa, my my, my application jumped to a different application, right? And I think it's because I clicked, because it's a very mouse heavy game, you know? Mm. I clicked outside of apparently the viewport and some other application opened and I'm like, oh crap. And I tried to jump back to the game as soon as possible because for all I knew, I was probably getting killed. It's like an intense action game, you know? And I had a good run going. And when I came back to the application, I clicked because I just I just do that, especially when I'm like playing a twitchy game, you know. And it let me click the quit game button when I jumped back. <laughs> and so because of mouse lock, I lost my game. That was pretty upsetting. And just a reminder, like, you know, that would certainly be something they probably would have put in the game by now if they could have. My guess would be game maker doesn't support it. That would be what I would guess. And like just a reminder, right, that like no tool set is perfect. Yes. You know, even the ones where you're making everything by hand the thing that's imperfect about that is
1: it's so expensive you know that's true and you know it's just it's all about familiarity like we've talked about before yeah for sure so
0: communication is very important and uh yeah we had <laughs> it's gonna be hard because we're gonna be like no we didn't didn't we already talk about this and maybe we did but it was it was lost in the, the, the digital void uh, lost some of these now in the sands of time <laughs> <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> <laughs> although new listeners will be like what is jeff talking about i'm very clever you guys and don't even have an intro anymore esoteric <laughs> <laughs> that'll be on your tombstone here lies <laughs> jeff Blair. Tiger wearer of tiger hats esoteric <laughs> pedantic <laughs> yeah so um here's a interesting example of how we communicate yesterday uh, I p- pinged you and I am Google Google chat is probably how we the vast majority of our communication happens That's true. And I said hangs <laughs> and you said can't today. I and did. that was it <laughs> <laughs> That was Monday
1: <laughs> Yes, I got busy with non-work related stuff yesterday. And so Yeah, that was a uh, usually we do hang out though. Um, we do Mondays for sure I would say that Google chat is probably our primary method of communication yeah, and the jumping-off point for every other <laughs> communication medium.
0: Yeah, we try to um, we try to play off of hangs because you know you just we just say hang. We used to say, "Dearest Jeff, would you care to participate in a Google <laughs> Hangout with me this morning?" <laughs> All prim and proper. Then later that broke down to Google Hangout, and that broke down to hangs. <laughs> hangs. Later it'll just be like H because <laughs> we're so lazy uh but Just then we tried to like remix hangs like, hangs across america hangs of new york hang oh that was my favorite one i think <laughs> hangs of new
1: york hang hang-a-rang. hangarang. that's a skrillex reference right hangs on a plane
0: <laughs> i'm sick of these hangs of this plane i know
1: g-weighted version yeah Uh, so uh
0: pretty much everything starts with google hangout we've talked before about how google really has us like (laughs) they've got us by the throat right google owns us everything from like our docs We we use google docs like every freaking day almost uh chat obviously email is a big one like we cannot conduct business without email it's like a must and you know we go through gmail google drive Google Drives, yeah, like, man, Google's really got us. And so a lot of our, um, actually Android too, you know, we each have Androids these days. And so like all your chats come to my phone as well. And so, uh, yeah, Google is really the point of entry for everything. But funnily enough, we don't use it
1: for um, hanging out. Like right now we're on Skype. Uh, yeah, so I think we just found that Google Hangouts, I don't know, it was just crashy and CPU taxing. Yeah, And the quality was always kind of bad. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of love for Skype. You know, it kind of seems like video (laughs) chat should be kind of more of a solved problem than it is. But uh, I don't love either Google Hangouts or Skype. But Skype has been the thing that's worked the best for us um, recently. So we use that for podcasting, like we're on Skype right now. Yes, Uh, We use it for just having regular meetings. And we also use it for recording videos. So like when we record our wednesday like playthroughs yep uh we're on skype together and you're recording my skype audio coming into your computer and then recording that all into obs which is actually a program used to typically stream to twitch or something but we're using it to stream to a local file
0: yeah (laughs) i love using
1: the wrong tool for the job it works though uh it's uh, it's easy to kind of capture windows. Like uh, there's so many like webinar or screen capture pieces of software that are just, they're so complicated. And OBS is at least uh, for me, it's pretty simple and easy to get get a hold of.
0: Yeah, it just works and it works really well. Yeah. So we didn't really used to have kind of a set, you know, uh, format for our communication, but we recently have started to develop one pretty much. So it's like Mondays are kind of the start of the week. Right? And that seems like a good time to do ticket triaging. I think we mentioned this not that long ago. And this has become more of a thing because what we've noticed is that like when you have all these new tickets coming in, which they're just going to when you've got a game in early alpha like we do, right? there's just gonna be lots of bugs and lots of ideas that we've got and you know feedback from users and that kind of stuff. And so the triage subtask can get really nasty. And if you just like as you make a ticket, if you decide like, oh, it's a must, I'm just gonna throw it in that list or oh, it's a should or whatever. You start throwing tickets around it can get really messy and overwhelming too because it really does feel like as you are working on the must list it expands faster than you can close stuff it does oh it actually does yeah that's defeating that feels awful you're like oh man I'm, I'm like i'm not only am i not progressing i'm like i'm taking steps backwards but you're not really you know you're, you're pushing the project forward and stuff
1: one of my favorite things about the triage subtask is that it kind of takes the cognitive overhead off of creating a ticket So anytime you want to write down something that needs to be done, you don't have to think about where it fits into the global picture of development. You know, it's more like here's an idea I had or here's a bug that I saw or here's, you know, just a random thought about the game that we might want to address. Right. And it just goes in the triage. And then you and I sit down later and we go through that whole list and we say, you know, what's valid, what's not, what's important, what's not. Yeah. And uh, doing that on a weekly basis has actually, I think, helped quite a bit because it kind of keeps us more in focus and i think it's something that we could even do a better job at um i think that with the wizard's lizard 2 specifically uh we recognized that a couple weeks back we recognized that we were kind of spending a little bit too much time on some of the like individual dungeons and uh, we decided okay we need to kind of step back and you know look at this triage list and look at the list of musts as you know what's the next thing that needs to happen right Um, And the must list gets kind of crazy, right? Because there's a lot of things that must be done, but not all of them need to be done right now. Yeah, that's a tough call to make sometimes. So
0: uh, right now we have 23 tasks in our triage subheading. And uh, that usually takes at least an hour to go through and be like, you know, what is this? Does this need to be done? Like, it'll range anywhere from we move it to this sprint this We move it to must, like, later, and we move it to should or could, or we just close them. And sometimes we even just do them because, as we've talked about before, like, <laughs> fixing some bugs is like a one-liner, and it would take, you know, just as much time to change that in the code and commit as it would to type out the ticket and what needs to be done. <laughs> yes. And those are ridiculous tasks, but really, there, there aren't that many of those, honestly. They're kind of few and far between, but they happen.
1: I wish more of our tasks were like that. I wish they were all like that. <laughs> Finished game. Well, that's a one liner right there. Done. Shipped equals true. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Var shipped equals true. You don't want to pollute that global namespace, <laughs> man. <Matt. laughs> Jeff with this crazy JavaScript logic. That's right. (laughs) You know, you'd think that Scrum
0: and Agile would have been more baked into the way that we work because the first time we ever worked professionally together was at Raptor. And uh, they were pretty into that. They even had, um, it was uh, Kylie, our uh, QA person. They actually had her go take like Agile classes, Scrum or Agile, whatever you call that. But she was taking classes and she came back like a certified scrummer or something, you know? Scrum Master. Scrum Master. And every morning at eleven we would have this meeting and like it came with an official system of like demerits if you were late. <laughs> and that you know, and that kind of stuff. So um I think partially we didn't take that with us because um we didn't want to. It's horse crap. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that's like I doubt a lot of indie developers wants to bring much from the corporate world to their own company. You know, like that's part of the reason that you you do this. You want to work for yourself and want to work on your own creative projects is not because you want to do things the corporate way, right? Like you want to do them either your own way or like maybe you want no structure. Um, I, I don't know. I think it, a big part of it is the freedom. You know, like we get paid garbage. You know, we used to get paid very well as, as front end engineers in Silicon Valley. And, uh, you know, you kind of make up for that with like, we're going to do things our way. Or we're just going to do literally the way that we want
1: to do it. I like to think of agile more as a mindset rather than a process hmm. because I don't know. I never thought that the daily standups actually provided all that much value. Hmm. Uh, especially daily. I mean, like I think weekly, Yeah, not daily and like the scrum meetings, you know, where we would like end of the week or beginning of the week. I don't know. There was like these long meetings, you know, where we'd have a bunch of post-it notes on the wall you know, everyone's sitting in the meeting like half. <laughs> we had engineers fall asleep. <laughs> during the sprint planning meeting. <laughs> I think one dude was standing, wasn't he? And if that's not a broken process, like I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, and like
0: it was hard to take it seriously when there would be one engineer who um, you know, there'd be there'd be an engineer who's like I'm rewriting all of like the the back-end server stuff and every single day he'd be like I'm doing the same thing. And the <laughs> next day, mm-hmm. hey, I I'm, I'm, st- I'm still doing that. And it's like I'm going to be doing this for months. And so you'd see like here's Here's 50 times where this developer, like in a row, had had nothing to say other than like, I'm doing the same thing today I was doing yesterday and I'm on track. I don't know what you want from me. Just let me get back to my desk.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, it was hard to like, you
0: know, take that seriously and bring that into uh, our own mix, I guess.
1: I mean, I think that there's some benefit to it, right? Like being able to raise blockers uh, early and often is important. Right. But I don't know that you necessarily need the daily stand up for that yeah to be a thing you know like we were in a bullpen you know i mean yeah there's no reason we couldn't say uh you know that thing i was working on yesterday yeah it's in big trouble right (laughs) yeah
0: especially when you're in a bullpen because like everyone that you need is right there you can see everybody at all times so it's like i don't know just go grab somebody you can bubble it up
1: yeah i'm actually a bigger fan of just like pinging people when you need them you know and and obviously that has downsides too like if someone's working or whatever and then they don't want to be interrupted. But that's kind of the nice thing about things like Gchat or Slack that a lot of companies use or Yammer or what have you. You yeah. know, all of these kind of uh, IRC-esque products. Um, Discord. Discord, yeah. We actually have been using Discord, uh, which is actually kind of an IRC gaming-focused app yeah. that Greg Love from Whip-Ring, uh has been using. Yeah. And it's basically the same idea, right? Just kind of an asynchronous chat. Um, And the nice thing about that is that it's completely persistent. So if you go offline and you come back on, you can see all the stuff that happened. Um, And my assumption is that Slack works the same way, but I haven't actually used it. Um, But that kind of stuff, I I think, is kind of the way to go. You know, if you need someone's time, you can put in like a little asynchronous request and say, hey, at Matt, like I need to talk to you about blah, 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 or whatever. (laughs) I'd love to talk about blah, blah, (laughs) blah. Yes. It's my favorite topic. Matt Hackett, blah blah blah, engineer. <laughs> That's my official job title at Yahoo. It <laughs> <laughs> was. It should have been. What did you even do at Yahoo, anyway? Uh, I spent their money.
0: <laughs> Actually, uh, while I was there, I worked on um, what did I call? Spacius. That might be the f- well, not, not the first game, but like first something. I don't know. The first game I'd made in five or ten years, because <laughs> before that it was just QBasic and stuff. And it was, I was this. For sure. The first game I made in JavaScript.
1: So, what you're saying, though, that? is that Yahoo actually owns the rights to Spacius.
0: No! <laughs>
1: because you worked on it on their <laughs> MacBook Pro, probably. I eh, might have. During the time when they were paying you to be writing JavaScript. They get, they had three computers they gave me. A Linux machine, a Windows machine, and a
0: MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. So, I probably used at least... <laughs> one or, least or all. all. Yeah, one or all three. <laughs> well, you know, they can have Spacius. Uh, spacious. I will put a link to that if I can find it. I don't even know where it exists anymore, or if it does. But it basically played like um, Gradius, or R-Type, you know, mm-hmm. back in the Nintendo get days. And uh, I recall you being impressed with the math. Who saw that coming? I know, right? Yeah. I was like, ooh, sine waves. He is a genius. <laughs> 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 I should make JavaScript games with him in four years or so. Yeah. Actually, uh, anyway. So, um, yeah. that's our Monday, and we... Pretty much, well, that's when we'll also, uh, we won't just triage, but we'll also talk about the big design problems of, boy, have there been a lot of those recently, <clears throat> right? Because, like, <laughs> with especially with the Wizard Lizard 2, uh, I think that people who have been following the alpha videos have seen that, like, the game has been a lot of fluctuation, you know, because, like, we're kind of thrashing around, making lots of waves, trying to find out what exactly this game is and what we want to build and what we're excited about and what we think is the best path moving forward and we agonize over every decision you know like nothing's taken lightly uh, and so mondays are usually the days where we'll have like these long talks about like look like <laughs> you know you you ask you ask why five times you do that kind of thing like why 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 and you get back to the beginning and you're like okay this is on the wrong footing from the get-go and then that's why you you know, take something out like a twin
1: stick mechanic you know mondays are real talk days. real
0: talk with jeff and matt <laughs> that's right every monday
1: if I didn't think it would be really boring, uh, we should do, like, a, you know, live triage. Uh,
0: you know what? Okay. I don't know if I mentioned these before. Probably. Uh, this guy, Ryan Clark, from uh, of Necrodancer fame, who yes. um, we talked about his article before. I'll put a link to that in the show notes if I can find it. Uh, every Friday, he does what he calls Feedback Friday, where he will, like, he literally opens a Google spreadsheet. And, like, that's the video content for a long period of time, you know? And I'm not going to say it's the most widely accessible thing ever and he has thousands of viewers or anything, but it's like you can stream just about anything these days and somebody's going to think it's pretty cool. That's true. We could just toy stream Asana man- triaging. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, somebody would watch it, right? <laughs> right. I think I was trying to talk you into doing live LostCast a while ago and you were like, "Like, what is it going to be? Just our faces? I think you need some video
1: content. How about a puppet show? Uh, Sure.
0: Hello, I'm Jeff. <laughs>
1: hi ho i'll put a link in the wow lots of
0: links today um there was that youtube video where i don't i don't know why this is an example of me just sometimes not knowing what i'm doing (laughs) but like i made this really stupid (laughs) hey i made this really stupid uh youtube video out of one of our lost cast episodes and uh it was like basically these horrible drawings of you and me and our mouths would open and close depending on who was talking I don't know why I wanted to do this, but like I went through the audio data. I think I used Web Audio API or something, but it was like it would find out when I'm talking, when you're talking, and it would, you know, move our mouths. And it's, it's stupid. It's like, it's just that for an hour. <laughs> so, like, yeah, we should do something like that. With the video could, I don't really know what to do with the live stuff, to be honest, with regards I think to last Cast, you know. That,
1: uh, that was like sort of a byproduct of your interest in YouTube as a medium, right? Yeah. Like, we had wanted to do more YouTube stuff but all we had was the podcast which is no video content and you're looking for a way uh, because i think you'd been putting lost cast on youtube at that point but yeah, it was just was. a static image and i was probably being like all cantankerous like stupid stupid <laughs> you know, video kind of medium sex whoa you sound just like jeff i know right <laughs> I, do, I do the best jeff impression ever
0: you could have convinced me man <laughs> yeah uh, you are uh, you are the the negative one a lot of times
1: i am negative nancy
0: but i mean maybe that's needed you know like should i really have spent probably a couple of days at least developing that absolutely not right (laughs) like we have games to ship right just reminds me of all of 2015 why aren't
1: you shipping games what what are you thinking (laughs) i mean i think the idea is kind of cool but you know Everything's
0: kind of cool, you know, from certain perspectives. Everything in the world. Some people look at a rock on the ground like, whoa, have you seen this rock? Some people have pet rocks. Exactly. You know, like everything's cool in some perspective or another. That's why you got to say focus. What did Steve Jobs say? uh, Focus is saying no. Mm. And I have a real hard time saying no. You know, I I feel like I've gotten better at it in, uh, I don't know, recent days. (laughs) the last couple of days now maybe recent years you know but like i'm getting better at being like that's not my bag my bag is shipping games and even within that as we've seen you know like that's a that's a big area okay you make games what 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 kind of games like the, you could there's infinite games in the world there's every type of game for every type of person what do you mean you make games that's nowhere near clear enough you know right and so we're trying to distill that down to like what games do we make like what's passionate to or uh, what are we passionate about what's important to us that kind of stuff
1: swords swords (laughs) dragons Dragons. yes
0: (laughs) okay so so that's our monday where we triage tickets for our current big project which uh as of right now is a wizard lizard 2 and we hope to have that done like you know mid-year or something like next couple months few months who knows it is also Um, the
1: time where we triage other stuff like business related tasks like oh we need to do this or reach out to these people or yeah let's follow up on these emails it's monday is just a good day to kind of get your ducks in a row for what you're going to do that week
0: right and i will say about like uh because aaron was asking about business stuff too and You know, we sometimes forget we are a business and we we need to make money and pay the bills and stuff. And unfortunately, the way we handle business is mostly reactive, you know, like an email comes in and we'll respond to it or we'll be like, "Um, hey, we're out of money we should do something about that and we'll react to that. Yes. That kind of a thing. Um, I think there's a lot more we could be doing with that regard. Like we should probably have like, you know, monthly financial updates and probably weekly, like wh- how are you paying your own bills this week? What are you doing that's <laughs> that putting, has value to the world instead of just like screwing how are you putting around? putting food on the table? Yeah, exactly. Like where's your next meal coming from? We don't do nearly enough of that stuff. Um, but I think that, you know, a lot of that comes from, for one, that's not really our wheelhouse. We don't really enjoy it that much. And for two, we want to just maximize how much time we can spend creating games because it's a ton of work it's it is. a ton of work to make even a basic game man
1: but that's kind of the difference between people that can stay in business and people that can't stay in business
0: it is for sure yeah <laughs> hopefully yeah. we can
1: <laughs> stay in business um tuesdays
0: you might not be surprised to hear that we record this podcast <laughs> <laughs> that you're listening to right now whoa it's so meta right that is our Tuesday ritual. Um, pretty much every day at about 11 a.m., although that fluctuates. Um, some days it's much later. It's hardly ever earlier <laughs> because we just kind of sleep in. You sleep in?
1: Actually, yeah. You've been waking up at, like, stupid a.m. recently? <laughs> stupid a.m. What are you doing? Uh, Melissa goes to work early, and so when she gets up, I get up because that's just how I work. You know, I can't. When there's activity in the house, yeah, I cannot sleep. Right. I'm the same way. And, uh... It's not a bad thing. I mean, I, I don't really care about getting up later or earlier, really. Um, so I actually kind of have been preferring getting up early. But uh, it's kind of funny because you've gotten in the habit of scheduling tweets. <laughs> and so I'll wake up in the yeah. morning, you know, it'll be like 7.30, 8.30. And I'll be like, going to do my thing, check an email, like checking in Twitter. And I'll see like you're tweeting about something. And then I'll ping, you know, and I'll be like, Matt, ha, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... <sighs> yeah, and then you come online at like 11 a.m. and you're like, what What are you talking about? What are you
0: talking about? Oh, that thing I tweeted like eight days ago. No, no, it's usually like, you know, a couple of hours ago. Um, yeah, I schedule tweets for a couple of reasons. One is because there are better times to tweet, right? Like, um, you know... 8 a.m. is a good time. It's nice and early. Uh, afternoon, I don't know. Like, uh, there's times to target, but another reason is because um, I've noticed that I will hate something I tweet after I tweet it, or I will notice a typo, or I'll just change my mind about the wording. And when you schedule a tweet, like some, sometimes I'll schedule a tweet for just like five minutes in the future, just so I can see it sitting there in Tweet Deck and I can look at it and be like, oh, there's a typo. I'm really glad I
1: did that. You know? Right. Or like this guy sounds like a jerk.
0: Yeah, man. Past Matt from you know. Three minutes ago, it just sounds like a pretentious jerk face. So delete, <laughs> delete. and that happens as well. But uh, yeah, that's kind of fun. People think that you're online when you're not. You're like, mmm, I'm a virtual ghost. <laughs> I like it. Yes. So, so you're hearing our Tuesdays, and uh, inevitably after the podcast, we always hang out for another hour because uh, we like to push back the editing of the podcast as late as possible. No, I'm kidding. Oh, it's just because like we've got the ball rolling. You know, we're already talking, and there's almost always stuff that we've got to discuss. Um, that kind of like bled over from, from our Monday with our big triage and design problem, uh,
1: discussions, you know? Right. And so, yeah, oftentimes we'll have done some work on Monday. Yeah. And so, you know, there could be stuff that we need to discuss post podcast or stuff that's come, I mean, a lot of times, because this is sort of a, you know, to a certain extent, like a fly on the wall discussion between you and I about our game company. Yeah. A lot of times that, uh, you know, meaningful stuff will come out of just loss casting right uh that we'll need to talk about or we want to talk about
0: wednesdays and thursdays have both been kind of just like shut up put your head down and work days yes uh for a long time and it's it's almost always wednesdays the first day where i'm like i feel like i can take a breath and i know that if i you know there'll be like this task you've been putting off where you're like okay i need to have like a four-hour block of everyone shutting up (laughs) and me locking myself in a hole i don't want any distractions and i just gotta you know get this hard problem done right and uh, traditionally that's been my wednesday but then we added this video to ourselves because we never feel like we're doing enough ever and so now we we do the video uh, we've been doing awl2 alpha videos every week for tomorrow will be the eighth week in a row which good for us yeah right because we've been meaning to do that forever we've been like oh man like we're never doing enough we've been meaning to look hit YouTube harder. It seems like everybody, like everybody who plays video games watches YouTube and like, I don't know, uh, introversion software had a lot of luck with doing these weekly alpha videos. And so maybe we should try, we should try that as well. (laughs) And um, so we usually play for about a half an hour or so. Um, It usually takes like an hour end to end. And um, what we've noticed actually is, um, now that I'm thinking about it, before we started doing the videos, our Wednesdays were kind of like, we're going to play the game. Whatever game that is, it's obviously been AWL 2 for a long time, but it's like, we're just going to play this game. I'll stream it to you, and I'll play two or three games. You'll stream it to me, and you'll play two or three games. And we'll toggle the control scheme, like I'll use keyboard, you use gamepad, or vice versa, and um, I'll be taking notes while watching you, and you'll just be talking about playing the game, and what you feel, and how you like this or that. And then um, that gave us a lot of insight to like what we're building, why we're building it, You know what we dig, what we don't dig. And uh, I feel like the videos kind of stymied that a little bit.
1: Uh, A little bit. So what we end up doing typically now is that we'll record a video and then after the video, then we'll do a more kind of focused playtest where, you know, we'll dig into the nuances of like, I don't like the way this thing feels in particular. So like, let's talk about it in depth or whatever. But I think that the video has had a positive impact overall for a couple of reasons. One um, I think that it kind of pushes us to get progress made on the game because we feel yeah. like we have to show something off on Wednesdays. Yeah. And I feel bad if we don't have new content or you know, if we have bugs that <laughs> persist week <laughs> to week.
0: Yeah, we had that where a bug that surfaced one week resurfaced again the following week, and we felt so bad about it that we, just, we did a hot fix right then and there. So I streamed a little bit of source code. Like, let's just do it, man. That's what Alpha videos are for, I guess, is raw, dirty, quick. Yep. This is how the sausage is made kind of a thing.
1: But it kind of keeps us uh, moving forward in some sense. You know, it's not on its own. doesn't keep the project moving forward, but it gives you just one reason or one other reason to kind of keep things moving forward if you know you have to show it off at least a little bit. Right. Um, The other thing I, I really like about it is it gives people a chance to provide their feedback. You know, what do they think about this stuff? And it's, hard, obviously, for people to give their opinion on stuff they can't actually play when it comes yeah. to video games. But um, I found that the, a lot of feedback is, one, very helpful uh, just to kind of take the temperature of what people are feeling about certain changes. Um, <clears throat> and also it's motivating, you know, like seeing people say like, oh, this looks really cool. Like, I'm, I'm excited to play that specific thing or you know, oh, I don't know how I feel about that but I can co- sort of see how it would be kind of cool. Right. Um, it's, it's motivating to keep going and keep tweaking the game and so that's you know keeping up motivation when you're a two-man indie studio that works in your pajamas (laughs) can be difficult
0: yeah and i think especially when you're working on a game that's in early alpha like ours that's in a state of fluctuation and it's a sequel so there's certain expectations that are taken from one game into the next right I think that, and combined with YouTube comments, right, you're going to get a lot of negativity. So we have been getting some posts where people are like, you know, I really don't like the direction you're going, or, you know, I think you guys are doing a bad job here, that
1: kind of a thing. And how do you feel about about that part of it? Uh, I love it, actually. I think that I honestly don't want to be in the echo chamber of, hmm. you're so awesome, and like, these ideas are great, and all that stuff. And and not to say that I don't like that stuff. I really do. And obviously, you know, I just mentioned it keeps me motivated. Yeah. Um but I really do appreciate people's honest feedback. Even, you know, sometimes it's phrased in a way like, you know, I think this is a terrible idea, which (laughs) can be sort of off putting, but like, you got to kind of have thick skin when you work on creative stuff. And like, you got to just kind of dig into like the subtext there. Right. Yeah. And, And a lot of times I don't think that people are trying to be insulting necessarily. I think it's more like they have a strong reaction to whatever it is. And, a lot of it, you know, have we, we've talked about before about how love and hate are uh, are a lot more similar than just apathy.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: So, like, somebody who hates your game right now, they
0: are much more likely to someday love your game than somebody who's indifferent, right? Like, right. So, the lack of a comment, that is, in one way of looking at it, it's more hateful than a negative <laughs> comment, right? Because at least you've cared enough to spend, you know, moments of your precious short life to spend doing this, you know, you, you've chosen to do that. And if you didn't care in one way or another, then you might
1: not have done that. You might've picked one of the other infinite things you could be doing with your time. Right. So I appreciate all of it. And, you know, um, I think a lot of times it's, it's pretty constructive, you know, you know, it's easy to kind of look at some negative comments and feel insulted just because anytime you're putting your work out there creatively and someone doesn't agree with you or doesn't like it, um, it's really easy to take that personally, but a lot of times I think it's really just people are actually excited about the game and passionate about it for one reason or the other and they have opinions about things that we do because, you know, they're invested in it to some degree. Right.
0: Which is good. It is good. And our hope is that it'll uh get the hype going, right? That's right. Gets people excited. That's that's the hope. That's what that's all about.
1: And honestly, like we need that negative feedback, right? We need to hear when the audience, I mean, we're making a product for people, right? At the end of the day, you know, um, it kind of goes along with the business side, right? Like, we have to be paying attention to what the market wants from us, because that's what gonna, they're going to spend their money on, right? And if we're asking them to spend their hard earned dollars on a product, uh, it should probably be a product that they're interested in. Exactly. And, you know, there's obviously ways we can go off the deep end there, right? Where you try to cater to everybody and you end up having like a really soupy (laughs) mess of a product that (laughs) tries to be all things to all people. And that's never a good thing, but, um, it's definitely good to at least consider where people are coming from when they, you know, talk about your product in a negative way and just think about like, well, what is it, what are they getting at? You know, and sometimes it's hard to even understand what changes you would need to make, to make them happy because, um, not having played a game and, you know, consumers are kind of known for not being able to articulate exactly what it is they like or dislike about stuff. Yeah. Sometimes, we use
0: the word "murky" a lot <clears throat> when we talk about a game that's kind of two in the middle or doesn't really know what it is exactly. Uh, so, in our minds, Wizard Lizard One is very murky. <clears throat> you know, like it's not really a bullet hell; it's it's a twin stick, but it's not really as like high octane or fast paced as some other games. It is a rogue like, but it's more of a rogue lights, and the progression is weird. Anyway, we've talked about this stuff to death, but the point is that we use that word murky, right? And like Spelunky would be an example of a not murky game. It's very clear what that game is, it's very tight, it's concise, you know? And what you're saying here is like you're talking about making a game for people, right? You want to make the audience happy. And this kind of conflicts with um, what we've talked about before. I actually looked this up it's Lost Cast 143, Haul Aboard. Halls and this aboard. talks about. Um, the Five Rules of Australia's Most Successful Game Creator, which I guess his name is probably Hall. And uh, one of them is to have your persona. We've talked about this before, and we do kind of do this now. We have a persona um, for a person that like we are kind of making the game for, right? And that's a hard line to walk, because you really do want to make this kind of niche game that appeals to one specific type of person, and that is this one very specific person's favorite game, right? But at the same time, the game needs to be accessible because if there's only one unique snowflake in the world who's ever going to buy your game, then that's not going to be a market success. It's not going to pay for itself, right? And so that's something that when you're designing and developing a game, you are tasked with. You have to walk that line between making an opinionated, well-defined, concise game versus trying to make your audience happy and the people who played the previous game and the people who expect this or that. And that balance, I think, is one of the hardest things about making a successful game.
1: I think so. But I think it's worth noting that when we're talking about a persona, it's not like that persona only is manifested in one specific person in the world. You know, A lot of times the persona that you're making a game for uh, will likely be representative of a whole bunch of people, hopefully. Right.
0: Well, I mean that's that's the idea behind it, is that, yeah. you know, somebody if somebody loves something, chances are there's a lot of people who have things in common with that person, right? But I right. do think that personas are very much like, you know, okay, you know, Nancy like she likes petting horses, that kind of a thing, right? The hope is that lots of people are like Nancy and that they also want to pet horses, but you need that one person to be able to refer to because if you just talk to an audience, you just ask the crowd, Hey, a thousand people, what do you think we should do here? You're gonna get some probably murky, middle-of-the-road, uninteresting
1: answer that doesn't point you in exciting places. Yeah, and I think that's some of the hard part with addressing the negative feedback, too, is that it tempts you to kind of think outside of your focus, you know? And I think it's simultaneously a good thing and a bad thing, right? It's a good thing because it forces you to evaluate decisions and critically think about whether or not you're on the right path but it also has this danger of leading you off your path. You know, you're like, Ooh, this person doesn't like this. Like maybe we should like tweak this just a little bit to, t- to make them more happy. Right. Uh, versus, you know, like, no, it's okay. If not, everybody likes the game. That's a really hard thing to tell yourself. Like it's okay. If not, everyone likes my game.
0: Yeah, that's rough. We're not making a game for everybody. You know, I mean, that is the goal of some people. Like you'll see Nintendo. Right. They've got this blue ocean strategy where and and they'll say that, like, uh, we're trying to make games that appeal uh, from the ages of nine to 90. Right. Everyone. And that's that's a really hard thing. And and even though they had that goal, the reality is a lot of people aren't going to like their games. Right. Like they cast a big net and there's going to be lots of holes in it. Um, But I think with indies, it's like we are strongest when we do cater to a niche. Right people who like just this one concentrated thing just this weird oddity this this weird space to live in that like you know a, a AAA studio is not going to want to touch because they either think it's not lucrative enough or it's not interesting or accessible enough like it's not a big enough audience that'll guaranteed be there right but for indies like we can make a living off of like oh if only a hundred thousand people buy our game right? right like we could make a decent living off of that whereas a AAA company would go under you know, and so it's us indies that can afford to make something that is very opinionated and very niche. Yes. I don't know, man. It's, it's really hard. Um, so with our Wednesdays, a lot more tickets will pop into the uh, the triage bucket. And, you know, they'll usually just kind of sit there until Monday, which is good because that way, because um, we'll say this sometimes, like it needs to percolate. It needs to bake. We need to think about it. We need to put it on a shelf. Like it needs to collect some dust before You know, because a lot of stuff we shove into the game and we just do it and then later we're like, that was wrong. Let's backpedal. (laughs) Let's figure
1: a better way to solve that problem, right? Yeah, I think that we've actually gotten better. I mean, it it definitely seems like we're thrashing around a lot with certain mechanics in the game. And we are. And we are, but I actually feel better about that than I used to because the churn, I think, and and having things get out there for the audience to at least comment on, uh, I think is really helpful and I'm optimistic that it's going to result in a better experience overall. You know, I won't say that it's going to be perfect, but it's at least going to be a better experience than if you and I had just been more holed up and not putting our ideas out there for comment and not, you know, a different version of us probably would have stuck to certain mechanics because we felt like, oh, well, it's already there and, like, we really like the idea behind it and we just want to move forward. You know, I, I think that's one of the biggest you know, inertia is a big reason that we leave stuff in the game sometimes that we would, might have cut otherwise.
0: Yeah, I, we've talked about this before, but like I used to be a lot more attached to the work that I've done, and these days I'm not. Because it's, I think it's getting used to it, you know, because I, I didn't realize that. You know, I would do, I, I remember coming from the times when it was like, oh man, I, I worked on a game and I made a little bit of progress. I'm, 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 I love this. This is fantastic. I've never done this before, you know. Then you do it for years and you realize that like, it's almost like uh, 90% of what you do is crap and 10% is good, you know? It's it's not that bad usually when you're developing. It's more of like a slow-paced um, kind of a... I don't know. It's just, it, You know what you're doing a little bit better than that, right? Hopefully, you can get higher than 10%. Only 10% of what you do is keepable. Uh, but you definitely have some element of like... I, I recognize now that like... Let's say I make a sprite for the game. It could easily get cut. Let's say I write some complicated behavior code. It could easily get cut. Just about anything that I do, I I now have less attachment to. Like, I still care about it, and I still have strong opinions about it. But I'm I'm starting to recognize that even though this is good, it might not be good in the context of this game at this moment in time,
1: you know? It also probably prevents you from doing a little bit of premature optimization, right? Because you know that something that you make may get cut, and so you try to emotionally detach yourself from it. And at the same time, you probably... Don't spend as much time on the first pass because you might you know, exactly. know yeah. that it's possible that it'll be gone.
0: Yeah. So, the inkwell we added, which is a monster in ABL2's library. Uh, the first graphics I did on that were very sketchy. They're just like, blah, 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 blah. it took like five minutes and it's in the game. And you get a you get the general idea. You're not like, ooh, look at these pretty graphics. You're like, look at that inkwell. <laughs> <laughs> I can see what it is at least, right? And that's that's an example of like, I knew that, yeah, we might cut that or we liked it. And so I'm going to finalize it, right? And then, like, yesterday, I was doing, um, like, the bulk of my day was this kind of, like, uh, polish work, which a lot of times, a lot of times I really enjoy it. But this felt more like the grunt work kind of stuff. So, it was more, like, yesterday felt like work. You know what I mean? It felt like I've got an actual job and I have to do things that I I wouldn't necessarily want to do, but it needs to be done. And uh, for a lot of them, what I did was I would just, like, make a note, make a ticket, and then throw it kind of in the pile and then move on because I didn't know for sure. Like, I'm not going to waste the time or I guess spend the time at that point. I'm not going to spend the time polishing this if I don't know for sure if it's what is going to stay in the game, right? Like, I at least have to bounce it off of you because you might come back and have a better idea or you might have had a different vision, you know? And so I'm not going to sit there and draw some graphics for something that might end up on the cutting room
1: floor. Right. I do enough of that already. That's true. (laughs) So if I see a scenario where I can prevent that, I will do it. It's kind of turned into, like, Thursdays now are the only full day where we don't have some explicit reason to hang out and talk about the game. You know, Thursdays are kind of the day now where we just go completely heads down and work on stuff. And it works out pretty well because, you know, we triage on Monday. And then, you know, obviously we lost cast on Tuesday. And then we do play tests on Wednesday. And so a whole bunch of stuff comes out of the play tests usually. And then we have Thursday to just make progress. Heads down, write some code. And I feel like... Uh we don't really explicitly bar communication on Thursdays but it's probably helpful that we don't do a lot of communicating on Thursdays because um it's really easy to feel like you're making progress by discussing stuff and this is kind of one of the reasons that I don't <laughs> like the sprint planning meetings from you know the original yeah part of the the podcast where uh <laughs> talking about stuff um often feels like doing work When in reality, it really isn't doing work. I mean, it's hard to say, right? Because you do need to discuss stuff when you're working with multiple people, right? Like some discussions have to happen. Um, But it's not the same thing as, hey, I put this in the game and it's done and I fixed this bug and this boss exists and whatever else, you know? Yeah. Almost nothing else matters besides what's actually in the game. We could talk about stuff to where blue in the face, but if it doesn't, exist in the game and we haven't vetted it in like a concrete way by playtesting it uh, in the actual game, then it it doesn't really exist. And we don't even know if it's actually a good idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel exhausted sometimes by like the fact that it does feel like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're just running as fast as we can, you know, and pretty much the whole day is like, is very busy with discussions or or work or other stuff. And then Thursday is the one day where we can kind of like, all right, you know, shut off the world. I'm just going to stare at the computer and just work, you know, like get stuff done. And I feel like last year was more like that was the majority of our week where we'd have like a big block of time of like, eh, we don't really communicate a whole ton, you know, kind of, um, you know, a little bit throughout the week kind of smatterings here and there. But mostly it was like, okay, I've got three days here. I'm just going to chug along. And, And I think that that was nice, but it didn't feel as productive, you know, because it would... Like, honestly, I think a lot of people who who work on big projects like this, they know that there are days, right, where you get done more in that one day than you might have gotten done all last week, right? And when that (laughs) happens, you're like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I make this happen? It's just not the way productivity works, right? That's just not the way that people get stuff done. Um, You just have these, like, these spurts of productivity. And we've talked before about how you might, like... You know, I never finished this task, but I have done work on it before and I got it closer to the finish line. And then there were like five tasks like that. Then there was this one day where I just, I just banged them all out. And it feels like you got a ton done in that one day. But the reality is you might have just been finishing these five tasks that you spent like, you know, a month working on in the past. Right. Right. And so it kind of like combines and all in this one day you're super productive. Um, But what I like about our new kind of schedule is that Thursdays feel like really high octane, you know. Because that lack of uh, lots of alone time we used to have is now kind of like squished into the one day. And so that one day feels really productive.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think that when I was talking earlier about Agile being more of like a behavior and less of a process, that's kind of what I meant too is like, you know, I feel like we're in a better, like a shorter cycle between like faster iteration just in general. You know, like we talk and then we implement and then we talk and then we implement and we talk and we implement and it feels like things get done faster and broad strokes, right? Like a lot of that yeah, really depends on like you were talking about before, like just draw something, you know, it's not necessarily going to be final and that's the best case scenario. Yeah, Like just get it in, see how it feels, uh, just give it enough art so that you get the gist of what it is you're looking at. Um, I think that you and I have found that kind of placeholder rectangles or like a question mark or something that really doesn't evoke the basic idea of what you want art-wise is somewhat not as helpful. Um, But one step above that where you maybe spend just 10 minutes like just sketching out the basic idea of something um, goes, it's like 90% of the way, right? Right, right. Like if you see an enemy in the game and it looks sort of like the inkwell, you get all the information you need uh, about that. Yeah.
0: I think your blart is very helpful in that way. (laughs) You sometimes will just sketch something up real quick. It's like, here's a little blob with some legs. And I'm like, it it conveys the message, right? And a lot of times I'll take your exact concept and I'll just, you know, do it in the production. (laughs) I'll do it in the AWL2 style, right? Yeah. I'll just like you know, render it out and finish it up. And uh, that's really helpful sometimes because, you know, the concept alone can sometimes be like, you know, I have no ideas for this, but you'll provide that part.
1: And you can see it in the game right away. You know, it's very effective in that way. And uh, I think the other thing about that, the sketchy stuff, is that it it kind of is like a visual reminder that something is undone. Like the worse it yeah. looks, the, the more. Better. Yeah, the better. The yeah. more you realize that there is more work to be done. You know, it's not like, well, it's, this looks like it could be, Final asset, maybe. Right. Yeah. You don't want that
0: feeling where like it looks done but garbage. <laughs> <laughs> right. You want it to look obviously not done. <laughs> this is terrible. This is the worst art you've ever done, Matt. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. That's what I was going for. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> so last but not least is Friday. Um I think you and I earlier in our careers used to um have more like obvious weekend time working. And you and I do work a lot of the weekends, but we don't like we don't communicate too much no and uh, the work that we do is very isolated. It I really like, don't want to hear a
1: damn word from you on the weekends <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hey, that's not true. You invite me to play hots all the time That's true I do <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean like on your average weekend I, I'm sure I work a business day or two you know it's just my default that's my default like if i don't know what else to do with myself i'm working because i just feel like i have to always be pushing forward it's
1: just i don't know i don't it's know what
0: where that comes from but
1: especially like the weather recently it's been so like <laughs> last weekend was just rainy and stormy like there are yeah. downed trees all over san diego like it's crazy
0: yeah we had uh plans on, uh, on sunday and we're like Nope, because it was stormy and gross and cold, and I got a wet dog, and just like, no. So I worked all day. <laughs> California, everybody. California. Um, So Fridays for us, though, are like, uh, we d- we definitely try to get a lot of work done before the weekend. And um, what we are trying to move towards, but we're not there yet, is that, we've talked about this before. We want Friday to be kind of our new project day, right? So we can, because we don't want to just be, you know a wizard lizard studio we have one game and maybe a sequel someday if we ever finish it right we want to be like we have a portfolio of games like this year our goal is to launch two games like on steam you can go buy them and play them two games like that's kind of ambitious for a small team and big and you know kind of biggish games that we want to make right Um, so we got to keep pushing forward on new stuff or it's just never going to happen. Um, but like last Friday, for example, we were just so overwhelmed with, um, I think it was partially because we had a meeting with Greg and like, there's a live demo this month. So I feel the pressure, you know what I mean? (laughs) Because like last time it was, you know, you were there and you're doing a live demo and we, we did make this little slice of the game, but now there's a ton more content. We made a ton of changes. Everything's in a state of flux and it's, it's not going to be us. That's going to be there. It's going to be Greg doing the live demo, and so we really want it to be something that's robust and stands on its own two legs. You it's know, it's going to be a really
1: interesting thing because you know he doesn't have a lot of the like deep thoughts about the game that that we have had. You know, and like right. we understand every little thing about the game, and getting the game into a place where he can understand it and demo it <laughs> and talk about it to people is a really good exercise, I think, in figuring out you know, what the game is trying to tell people and how it guides them through the game. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's been really interesting. Friday's kind of ends being flex time, I think. Uh, it's yeah. like the Google 20% time where right. we allow ourselves to work on other projects, but we also don't have to. You know, we uh, basically our idea for Friday is, is like go with what the momentum is, right? <laughs> and so if that is, I got this really cool idea for a prototype, um, I need to work on it, then we should do that. And if it's like, I'm really stoked about these ideas we talked about in AWL 2 and I'm just going to spend all day implementing them. Yeah. I think that's great. You know, whatever we want to do Friday is really just go with the flow day and, you know, make progress on something. And honestly, like having like prototypes that were kind of um, iterating on at a slower pace is, is pretty good because it allows the prototypes to bake and it also allows us to have like a day of, you know, getting our brains out of the massive project that we're working on. Yeah, uh, which is super helpful. The other thing which we try to do on Fridays is uh, the first thing we try to do is do a build of AWL two. All right, and just wrap up like all the stuff we did that week, put a build uh, onto Steam, and obviously there's not anyone playing it besides us and Greg and Joshua Morse right now. Um, but that is gonna that's basically our setup for when we hit early access you know, that process is going to be hopefully a weekly build with all of the hopefully fast iterative changes that we worked on that week. Right. Man, that sounds like an
0: exhausting but fun week. (laughs) Filled with communication, except for Thursdays, we're shut up.
1: (laughs) We're shut up. (laughs) I don't want to talk to you. Exactly. It's good, though. Uh, I'm pretty happy with the process we have as far as communication and scheduling. And it's really been just... Something that's grown organically out of the last N years of working together. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and spoken like a true programmer. Right.
1: <laughs> Did you know that it is coming up on our Independence Day?
0: Yes. That is uh, February 17. So two weeks and a day from today. Nice. How exciting. Yeah. That was the day we quit our jobs, our last day. Working for closure. the man. That's right. Which happened to be four young men.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> four,
1: four men younger than ourselves.
0: Yeah. I, I never cared for that. <laughs> I never want my boss to be younger than me. That doesn't feel uh, great. But uh, yeah, we quit our jobs and it was really scary and somehow we are still here and a lot of that is because of you,
1: That's right. the listener. Oh, you You're didn't mean me. Right I, I thought it was because of me.
0: No, Come on, I'm not talking about you None of it's because of you, you've been dragging us down (laughs) I'm talking about the listener I'm talking about uh, the people who spend their time listening Who care about our games Who who put their money down on a table and say Take this, keep doing what you're doing Because I want you to keep doing it And uh, thank you It's dangerous
1: to go alone, take this money
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is dangerous to go alone Landlords hate not getting paid Oh they do jerks
1: anyways I think that's about all we have this week but uh, we are doing all kinds of stuff bl 2 we got a new video coming out tomorrow as it is Wednesday so be sure to look for that and uh, we're continuing to iterate on our Patreon so uh, we're gonna spend some time this week Probably making some changes to it and getting it ready for, you know, the quote, unquote, official (laughs) push. Yep. So keep your eyes out for that. And, you know, as always, join us on the forum. Let us know your thoughts, uh, feedback, if there's anything you want us to cover on the show. Or if you just want to say hi. Um, We've been doing a lot of art. So join us there as well. Yeah. You've been doing some art, sir. You've been drawing a lot. I've been trying to draw one Shining Force portrait a day. That's awesome. It is awesome. That was, goes back to my first art tip, which was draw every day. Oh, yeah. Maybe I should listen to you more. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week.